Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Hear ye, hear ye. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by. Three cheers for Her Majesty, the Queen. Hi, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. I'm Caitlin Menza. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Please follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave us the very nice royal rating of a five-star review and you can send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com this week we are discussing kate middleton the podcaster i am so upset that it wasn't on our podcast she's invited she's invited kate can you hear me fellow km can you hear me you can skype in honestly you can skype in or you can fly to new york too but like no pressure we've had uk people on before and we've gotten up very early in the morning to do it on your time we have so anyway we're not desperate not desperate (laughs) (laughs) and then we're talking about sussex royal or not not so much and then some more divorce yeah valentine's day is over guys sorry (laughs) sorry stuff stark um so first um we have a royal refreshment and now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail yeah you mix us up and you did a really great job Thank you. I'm really impressed. So it's ginger ale and Pims. And I think overall, I just love ginger ale. It's a hot take, Caitlin. You I like know. ginger ale. I hope you're ready to stand by that. It's just so soothing, which I do think like harkens back to childhood. My mom would be like, okay, now you can have a ginger ale because you're nauseous. It's the only good thing about being nauseous. <laughs> but like when we had Ari here a couple weeks ago and we had Shirley Temples and had the grenadine and ginger ale, I was like, mmm, ginger ale. Mm-hmm. delicious and it's also nice to be back on the pims it's obviously not spring weather although the weather in new york is very weirdly um, warm it's weirdly warm and it makes me very afraid for the future yeah. but True. it's nice to have a taste of spring in my cup with my pims it's delicious truly truly great i drank about half before we started so, yeah, well, feel, second, so. feeling smooth <laughs> and now we have a listener email it's from zarina um the subject i married my husband because of elusive royal baby Louie? Again, you guys are really stepping up the game on the subject lines of emails because that is the way to catch my eye. Also, I mean, that's the first rule of, like, writing for the web. You gotta have a good head. Great headline. So Seriously great head headline. subject. You gotta step up. This is really good. Thanks, Arena. Um, so I'm gonna kind of condense it a little bit. Um, she writes... As Prince Louis's birthday approaches, I wanted to share with you two the story of why I really married my husband. We got married last September, and I love him so much, but there was a time when I had some doubts. We started our relationship long distance, and after a year, he asked me to uproot my whole life. Job, apartment, friends, yoga studio. Yoga studio. (laughs) Most important. Um, And move in with him five and a half hours away. I started to get cold feet. Who wouldn't? And thought about if I was actually going to go through with it. Enter elusive royal baby Louis. My whole family knows I'm really obsessed, so I was eagerly on baby watch all spring. We got the news Kate had her third baby, but we didn't know his name, Elusive from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner knew it was killing me that he, we didn't know the baby's name. So a few days later, when we did find out, he called me pretty early in the morning to wake me up and tell me the news. 
I realized then and there that he did know me and knew what was important to me <laughs> and took the time to care about my interest. It really solidified to me that he he was the man I wanted to marry and be with. Oh, my goodness. That's really sweet. I love that so much. Honestly, See, love is still in the air after Valentine's Day. That is so sweet. I do think there's really something to having a partner who indulges and celebrates all the quirky things that you like and your hobby. Not that liking the Royals is quirky. It's a central tenet of my personality. <laughs> but I do think that it's really nice to have someone who supports all the things that you like, even if they don't get it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know? I had that feeling when my boyfriend surprised me with Hamilton tickets for my birthday. I was like, you got me. Yeah, it's really nice. I think that's so wonderful. Like, all I do is listen to Hamilton. (laughs) I also, I'm so glad you wrote to us with this story, but I also think this is a perfect anecdote. Like, if you ever happen to meet Kate Middleton on the street, I once had a mentor who was like, there was a celebrity in the room that I really wanted to introduce myself to. And she was like, you have to have your anecdote ready to go. Mm-hmm. And in this case, this is a really good anecdote if you happen to see Kate Middleton on the street. Well, didn't you say that when Megan was here for her baby shower, you knew oh, what you were right. going to say. I was going to say, I have a podcast about you. <laughs> <laughs> if you ran into her getting pizza near your apartment. I didn't. Alas. I didn't. But here we are a year later and it's like even more likely that see, it feels more likely that I'll run into Meghan Markle and be able to tell her that, you know. I'm sure she won't be horrified. No, she will not. I know it. <laughs> I just know it in my heart. Um, then we have this week in royal history. Now, this week in royal history. February 15th, 1952. Um, my dad was born that week, but also it was the week that King George VI was laid to rest. Um, he was buried at St. George's Chapel on his Windsor Castle estate. Uh, of course, he had passed away the week before, about a week before in his sleep at the age of 56, which we discussed last week, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And uh, crowds began to gather in London in the early hours of the morning for the solemn procession through the streets. Uh, Traffic was closed. And for the first time, thousands more were able to witness the event on television. So that's really interesting that it was the first funeral procession of a British monarch to be televised. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just sort of another emphasis of all the things that uh, the Queen has lived through that Remember her TV, you know, her Christmas announcement being televised for the first time was a major deal. Her father's funeral was televised. It's just like she, she's lived through so many technological changes that are so sort of obvious to us now. But like, wow. Um, also, this article that we're looking at notes that um, the coffin was draped in the red, blue and gold of the royal standard. Um, and that at the time, Queen Elizabeth, the queen mom, was only 51 when she was widowed and she lived mm. to be 101. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So she really lived half of her life without him, which is just awful. And of course, Queen Elizabeth was 25 at the time and just such a thing for them all to go through so young. He was really so young. Um, So yes, that happened um, this week. So happy. Well, I always try to make us bring us to happier things, but I suppose that Kate Middleton on a podcast is pretty happy. Yes. So I was very excited to see that she was on a podcast because obviously I had no idea she was going to be on a podcast because no. how would I ever possibly know this? No. And I was like, great, she's going to be on a podcast because when I when I see people that I'm interested in on podcasts, I'm like, they're going to dish. It's going to be all these secrets. I'm going to find out all this information. <laughs> they're going to talk about the housewives specifically. She did not do that, obviously. No, no, house, no real housewives, alas. And while she did not dish in the way that I would have hoped because that is how I 
want my podcast. I want yeah. them dishing. Um, she did speak for like 30 minutes and it was the most I've ever heard her speak. That's really true. So she was on the show Happy Mom, Happy Baby with the host Giovanna Fletcher. And they chatted about early motherhood, of course, as it relates to um, her survey, survey that she's doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talked about the struggle for balance. Um, they talked about... Um, the things that they wish they knew when they were early mothers. And I think, so here were some of the takeaways that like were definitely grabby. One, she talked about doing hypnobirthing. Yes, there were so many headlines after that. Yeah. So it sounds, I think it got picked up because it sounds sort of hippy-dippy in a way that we don't expect Kate Middleton to to be. But of course, it's not a super hippy-dippy thing. It's depending on how you do it or how you practice it. Obviously, Lisa and I have not tried this so far, (laughs) Um, but it could involve just deep breathing. It could involve like focal points sort of the stuff that I don't know you associate with giving birth or at least I do from having seen many movies depicting it <laughs> having a focal point and that kind of thing um my takeaway also I was really struck by um her discussion of wanting to get out of the hospital ASAP and how uncomfortable it was to stand in front of all those people obviously it's not shocking that it was uncomfortable to stand in front of all of those people after you've just given birth and like have to have perfect hair and all that stuff but it was really interesting to like hear that from her mouth and talk Mm -hmm. about how intimidating it was to stand in front of all those people and how she really just wanted to get out as soon as possible because she doesn't like hospitals which any human can relate to because who likes hospitals and she's a doctor she hates hospitals and she'd spend so much time in the hospitals when she had her horrible morning sickness yes and so that was another thing she talked about a little bit um and can i just say I don't I of course I hope all of you have listened to it already if not go out and listen to it but it's really fascinating to me still to hear someone as completely composed as Kate Middleton talk about her disastrously awful morning sickness Mm -hmm. for which she was hospitalized she was so sick and she discusses you know of course how awful it was because the the host very calmly is like so how did you find pregnancy and and Kate doesn't say oh I I vomited so much I almost died but what she does say is you know oh I I struggled with some morning sickness and I'm like oh my god girl like did you like you were hospitalized like I just think when the time comes for me which I hope it does if I puke all of once Lisa you're going to hear about it and I'm gonna be complaining to every person on this earth about it I hate puking I hate feeling sick and that's an aspect of pregnancy of one of the many that scares me so much I just can't believe she just puts up with it like oh you know wasn't ideal <laughs> like that sounds so terrible and all she said was like oh you know I struggled a bit with nausea and also um it was really tough because nobody in my family could help like William couldn't help mm-hmm. I just wouldn't be worrying about William's feelings in these moments I mean I know he's like the future grab king. me a ginger ale yeah get me a ginger ale wipe my forehead like bring me crackers you know I just that really struck me as it felt so British mm-hmm. and so poised in a way that surprise I'm not yeah and it was it was really lovely to hear her speak. She's obviously so passionate about early childhood and she talked a lot about that and she talked a lot about her survey and the work she's done and speaking with mothers and anytime she talked about her own morning sickness, she's like, you know, so many people have it worse. So she did put it in context like that. But um I she didn't get as personal as I would have wanted, just because I as I said, I love the dishing. But like what would I expect really? You know, yeah. she's she's so composed and it was really lovely that she opened up to the degree that she did, but it wasn't like everything. It's so hard for me to relate to because again, another shocker, if you've been listening this long, is like I would tell my personal problems to a person on the subway, like a, a tree mm-hmm. in Central Park. Like, who wants to hear my trauma? I'm happy to tell you about it. Um, <laughs> this is why I'm not a future queen consort, but I just am so struck by her ability to give you a little bit, but not too much, and always just 
stay so, I don't know, composed, so stiff upper lip. Um, I also did really like when she discussed that she's happiest when they're at their country estate as dirty as possible. Yes. I mean, that's great stuff. And who doesn't love to hear that? And then, of course, I loved the way they... I guess, pushed forward this interview. They posted the really cute photo of her and the host, Giovanna, you know, with the mics and headphones, exactly like you and I look right now. <laughs> so, and of course, I, I just loved. photoshopped our faces onto <laughs> Giovanna's body. It's normal and fine. Yeah, I, I really, of course, loved that moment. But I liked that they posted it. Um, I liked that they followed up the interview uh, publishing with the photo that Kate had referred to. So in her discussions about how, you know, giving kids normal life and how they're happiest at their country estate and she and finding the normalcy with the children, she mentioned how there's one photo of Princess Charlotte that's her favorite and it's her sniffing the bluebell. Like she could have kept that private, but instead Kensington Royal uh, pushed out the photo and we got this just... The sweetest, sweetest picture. And I'm so glad they shared it with us because, again, we're hoping for spring. And it was so charming to see a child crouched around this bluebell. She's holding it with both hands like it's a precious jewel. And it was just so lovely. And based on the outfit, it seems like it was an outtake from her birthday photos last year. Oh, yes. I was like, I've seen that picture before. Yeah. The the lighting and the outfit, it was like very recognizable. So I'm really glad that they supported Giovanna's podcast in such a major way. It sounds like a really great show for moms. Um, And so I, I just thought that was cool. Like podcaster to podcaster, I liked that they gave her that kind of support. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that Kate did this. I feel like it was a super smart move. Yeah, that's a a, I can only imagine she would reach so many people who would be eligible for that survey. Yeah. And I will say also a couple days later, um, right before we recorded, Kate post they posted another Instagram where Kate is speaking directly to camera, saying there's still more time to take the survey and encouraging people and discussing how important it is. And it made me realize how rare it is to get that sort of video from them. Or that oh. sort of, like, direct imploring of, like, please take the survey. And she, you know, eyes to camera in that sort of very direct way. It just, it seemed, it struck me as rare as well. So Kate's really doing it. She's really pushing this survey, and I really like it a lot. I'm excited to see how it develops. Yeah. So, of course, we also have some Sussex news. Uh, we did see a paparazzi shot of them from last week. Of yeah. them getting off a plane. And it looks great. They yeah. Look so great. I was like... <laughs> A very good-looking couple. I like seeing pictures of them. They're so attractive. Harry, I can't obviously know this for sure, but he was wearing that sort of like oatmeal-covered pullover that he wears sometimes Mm -hmm. that I associate with the day that Archie was born. When he came outside and he was like super thrilled dad moment. I just, I don't know if it's the same top. He might have four of them for all I know, but that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, and so we saw pictures of them, but otherwise they're still doing stuff kind of behind the scenes where we don't know too much of what's happening. But there have been various reports like, a report that came out over the weekend or last week. I don't know time. Who can keep mm-hmm, up with it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're going to close their Buckingham Palace office. And that wasn't surprising to me because obviously they are no longer senior royals. They're still members of the royal family, but they are not working royals. And so, of course, they wouldn't have an office because, like, why would you have an office if you're not working? Yeah. But then there are all these headlines like, they lay off their staff or redundancies. And, and I'm like, of course. Yeah. I mean, they're looking at a report that says um, a source confirmed that the close to ABC News, the closing of the office means some members of the staff will lose their job, saying while the details are still being finalized and efforts are being made to redeploy people within the royal household, unfortunately, there will be some redundancies. 
it's not fun when anybody loses their job. Of um, course not. I myself have lost my job three times. And so media, <laughs> media uh, so I know how it goes. But I also feel like it's been something like seven weeks since the Sussexes announced they're stepping back. So like the writing was more than on the wall that it was probably time to spruce up the CV. Um, again, mm-hmm. I don't mean to sound like, I don't know, callous about it, but I just feel like we knew this was coming, obviously. This is just a thing that I don't understand why it was a headline because I do think workers' rights are incredibly important and I hope that these workers um, got severance and they've got great recommendations and they are getting help finding their next job. But I also don't see how this was like another headline because this should be expected with... yeah. How did it not happen sooner? I I don't completely get that. But yeah, it was definitely framed as like these two made people lose their jobs, which like, okay, sure. Um, Meanwhile, um, we got news just as we were on the subway over here. uh, There was an exclusive in the Daily Mail that the Queen um, is banning. That's their choice of words, banning Prince Harry and Meghan Markle from using the term Sussex Royal in their branding. Um, So, of course, they've used that. That's their Instagram handle. That's their website. Um, They had sought to register Sussex Royal as a global trademark, um, which kept it off, like, from other people putting it on tea towels and that kind of thing. And it looked like that was going to be potentially the name of their charitable organization. So I think, again, how you interpret this news is sort of how you interpret Meghan and Harry and how angry you want to be at them. Some people interpreted it as, ha-ha, the Queen's like, you can't use Royal Like, I'm laying down the hammer. You can't use royal because you're not royal anymore. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm just like, okay. Yeah, they'll use a different name. They'll use a different name. Yeah. Like, it's not a slap in the face. They're not royal. Like, I don't get it. I was just looking on Twitter to see if there was, like, any chatter about it. And Omid had said that Omid Scobie tweeted that this is still in development. Um, This discussion is still ongoing. But he asked his followers, like, do you think it will impact their business? Yes or no? Or, you know, like, do you think they care, basically? And it was a resounding no. Yeah, this is something that I haven't really been able to understand in a lot of the coverage last few weeks. You know, when they stopped using the HRH title and, you know, they're stepping back from royal, uh, senior royal duties and everyone's like, oh, my God, what will they do? What will you call them? Will they still be famous? And it's like, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Like, they can go by a different foundation name. Like, they're yeah. fine. Maybe that was their preferred one, and I'm sure it's a bummer, and maybe you have to change some plans, but people change plans all the time. I just, it strikes me as something, like, funny, because I think people are just, like, they really want to see them chastised, and they want to see Harry and Meghan insulted somehow, and this just doesn't seem all that insulting to me. It's just like, okay. It's like a paperwork issue. It's a, it's, yeah. I, okay. Like, it's not going to stop their potency. It's not going to stop their fame. It's not going to stop them from doing the exact same work that they wanted to do. Yeah. They're still going to work on the causes that they're passionate about and whatever else they have planned that I'm sure we'll find out about because, oh, yeah, last week it was revealed that they were at Stanford taking yeah. meetings with professors. We don't know what professors and what capacity, but meeting about their organization. And just because you have to change a name, maybe even like one word in a name, doesn't mean that you like give up all of your goals. I just it's so wild to me because, yeah, their fame is tied to their royalness, but remove the royalness and they're still famous. Like I don't. Yeah. Like royalness is their royaldom is what brought me to these two people. But it's not what keeps me interested in these two people. So I don't 
completely get it. Um, I'm yeah, I was really interested in the Stanford meeting of all the things. Um, there was also some reports um, less overt than the Stanford or the J.P. Morgan thing that Harry maybe met with Goldman Sachs and people at Goldman Sachs. Um, I think it seems like they are. I'm quoting myself here in a story that hasn't gone live yet that I wrote, but building a financial war chest. Although the Goldman Sachs one, um, it was revealed in Harper's Bazaar that that's actually about one of his patronages and he's been in talks with them for a year um, to participate in a series. So that's not about that's not about whatever they're doing right now. I mean, maybe it's with like an organization he's still working with, but it's not about like his own money. But it seems like they're. They're in the process of building things, and I'm sure we will hear more and see more. And then they also uh, put something on Instagram recently. Um, Megan and Edward Enenfel, mm-hmm. who is the editor-in-chief of British Vogue, sat down for a video. Um, she was wearing the black Everlane jumpsuit yes. that looked horrible on me. And super bad on me as well. <laughs> oh, really? I gave, yeah. I gave Caitlin mine because I was like... <laughs> You're a little more thin. No, work. no, I'm not. not. And also, it just, it's an atrocious. I mean, I think it would look right. It looked right on Megan. She looks stunning in it. Horrible on me. Horrible on me. I like, have coworkers who wore it. Beautiful on them. Oof, it was real bad. But <laughs> she looked really beautiful. Um, yeah, in the clip, um, it's just the two of them chatting about how the issue came about. Um, and it was sort of posted along with the revelation that surprised to no one the british vogue issue sold really well it's like the best-selling issue in years and i mean duh i have to say i found the video or at least like this timing of the rollout very weird i just was like why am i like why british vogue now like i just didn't completely get it i'm always happy to see megan chatting and it was fun to see her and edward like wearing little hats and being silly together but i didn't completely understand why we were getting that video, which was clearly shot in August of last Mm -hmm. year or September around the release of the issue, why we were getting that now. I'm not entirely sure either, but... And it seemed weird to, like, to not brag, but, like, to promote that the issue sold well. Like, obviously, we know the issue sold well, you know? I mean, I could only hope, and this is no insider information, just something I can get right now. I could only hope that it maybe... Uh, foreshadow some work that she'll do in the future, whether it's with British Vogue or other publications yeah. or like, you know, something with writing like that. That issue was very good. Yeah, it was a very powerful issue, even if it wasn't a Meghan Markle issue. It was it would have done well. I mean, I don't know if it would have sold well, but it was just such a beautiful issue, like yeah. regardless of the name power behind her. She did a really phenomenal job. Yeah, and that's it's a really entertaining thing to read. Yeah. I have it on my coffee table. I'm really proud to have it after all the struggles that we had to find my it. God. <laughs> I only have it on my phone. <laughs> Still, really? Yeah, I know. Oh my God, Lisa, now it's even worse because I think one of our listeners pointed out in the Facebook group that it's like $36 now on eBay. I'll just never have it. <laughs> Maybe for your next birthday in 11 months. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was, surpri- I don't know, surprised by it. I will say as someone who writes for magazine for a living always thrilled when people are buying magazines yes so keep doing that keep that uh roof over my coffee table i appreciate that very much got laid off three times from magazines i've been laid off three times from magazines so like i'm very grateful when people are supporting publishing uh like supporting print but yikes um i don't know i was just surprised by it but it was really it made me feel good to see megan speaking and to see her smile honestly i know like that's that's gonna sound very cheesy from me but we haven't seen a lot of happy stuff lately, so it's like, oh. That's deeply, deeply true. A nice happy moment. And then um, 
on the opposite of print. <laughs> uh, I've been seeing people talk about um, Prince Harry's uh, mental health series with Oprah, and it seems like there's still not really any real information about it. I'm sure it's one of those things like whenever there's a Netflix series, I never know what's happening until like the day Netflix sends an email. And it's like this series is launching and then it takes over my life and it changes who I am as a person. Yeah. So me and Dairy Girls last week. Oh my God. It wasn't you just started. Yeah. I was going to say it wasn't new. It was just like I was like, okay, Dairy Girls. And then I watched the whole thing at night. According to Ancestry.com, I may have had relatives in Dairy. Really? Yes. I'm a Ryan. I mean, so are lots of people. (laughs) I know, but still, anyway. Anyway, sorry, tangent. But like, so, okay, we've been seeing some information about um, Harry and Oprah's series. Uh, I don't think we have any real concrete information, but I like that information is there at all. Um, There's various tabloids reports saying that um, he's going to showcase mental health institutions and treatment centers in the UK. And that seems plausible. Sure does. Like, it's not one of those reports where I was like, this is malarkey. I'm like, yeah, seems right. Feels right. So, yeah. and but still no launch date. I'm I just can't. Sure we'll find out one day. I can't. It says 2020, which at this point actually feels present because we're in it. <laughs> we're in it, but every month is the longest year I know. ever endured. I know, but like we're almost we're closing in on the end of Q1. So at least like if the series is coming this year, it's not. <sighs> What am I trying to say? Give me the series. <laughs> Give me the series. Please, we need help for our mental health. I sure do. So, okay, but there, that's happening. That makes me happy. Um, on the other end, we have, like, yet another divorce to discuss. So yeah. uh, this is the Queen's nephew, the Earl of Snowden. Um, he announced that he's getting divorced from his wife, Serena, the Countess of Snowden. Serena, the Countess of Snowden, is one of my favorite phrases to say. I know. That sounds like a character. I um, encourage you to say it. At from home, anything. wherever you are, on the bus right now, in your car, say Serena, the Countess of Snowden. Serena, the Countess of Snowden. Both you and I have lifted our arm <laughs> when we do that because it needs like an arm gesture. We're heralding it. Exactly. A spokesperson for the couple revealed they have amicably agreed, amicably agreed to separate after 26 years of marriage. They have two children together. Um, of course, the Earl, David Armstrong Jones, is the son of Princess Margaret and photographer Anthony Armstrong Jones. Um as we saw in The Crown this past season, those two had a very terrible marriage. So the fact that one of their children was, was even married. married for 26 years, like, hurrah for them. Hurrah for them, truly, honestly. Um, they were married in October 93 at St. Margaret's Church in Westminster. Um, you know, of course, divorce is sad. Um, they have two kids who I think are around 17 and 20. Um, so that's never great. But um, I am still annoyed by the framing of, like... Oh, my God. The poor queen. Heartbreak for the queen. Heartbreak for the queen. Can she endure this? Again, I don't mean to be making light of it. I'm sure that some of the people listening have been through bad divorces themselves or were kids of divorce like myself. But I just I think the queen has lived through worse. Yeah. I do think this 2020 has been um, tough, challenging, a doozy, absolutely a doozy. But I think that a couple, you know, he's in his 60s. David is in his 60s. So, like, it's not the end of the world. And I think that the queen has been through much worse. And I think everyone deserves a shot at happiness. So I can only hope that for the couple, this is the best decision for them and that they go on to live happy lives on different paths. Yes. Um, So that is happening. Um, I also, like... This is my own analysis, so tabloids ignore me. But, like, I think that Meghan and Harry leaving has made, like, a pretty good 
cover for if people have any bad announcements they want to make, they can just do it quickly now. <laughs> it's like the five o'clock Friday <laughs> news drop. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to add this real quickly. Um, FYI, I'm getting divorced. Like, I just think that's there's a little bit of that. They're like, oops. Yeah. I also think that something about announcing it in February suggests, as we know it did with the Philip Peter Phillips's divorce last week, um, that they had told the family last year. Yeah. So it makes me wonder if these kinds of discussions happened at Christmas and then it's announced to the public in February. It's just like it makes a lot of sense that way. Yeah, it does. Gives the family like quiet time to deal with it and think about it. And then, you know, whatever they deal with, it, they announce it in February. So that happened. And OK, we're about to get into a little NSFW, not safe for work moment for like about a minute. So yeah. just like <laughs> mute us for like one minute. And if not you have safe kids for with kids. You. Yeah, maybe not safe for kids. Yeah, it's just for one minute. OK, so this was another a- embarrassment for the British royals. Yeah. So apparently royal.uk very temporarily um, linked to hardcore porn. Yeah. So... There were some links about charities getting royal support and approval. Um, And apparently one of the links for a charity uh, patronized by Prince Harry mistakenly took users to a Chinese porn site instead of a Welsh charity. Um, So some of these terms on the porn site, I don't even feel comfortable saying to Lisa off air. (laughs) I feel We're very proper. We're very proper among our friendship. Like I feel myself blushing just reading some of these words. Of course, we're reading it from the the New York Post as well. Um, so, but so, of course, that was an error. And a UK paper alerted Buckingham Palace. And by Monday morning of last week, the correct links were in place. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> like, OK, yes. I can't say that I've ever linked to that sort of thing. But I have like, you know, accidentally when I was type, trying to do a hyperlink, actually like pasted a quote or something and then it links to like nothing. We've all linked to the wrong thing. That actually reminds me, um, my first job was at Glamour Magazine and I used to answer the emails from readers, like all of them. We answered mm. every single one and every single letter. Wow. Um, and one issue, this was like 10 years ago. Remember, you know, Nasty Gal, like the Sophia Amorosa you know, clothing yeah. brand. So we had a nasty gal clothing item, and I guess we gave the credit as nastygirl.com or something oh, instead of no. nasty gal or like whatever. The URL basically brought you, same thing, brought you to porn. And so we had a bunch of letters that were like, A, you brought me to porn, and B, how can I get that dress? <laughs> like, how do I actually find the dress? Because I want to buy the dress. So, so it happens. It happens. <laughs> Just relatable, relatable, yeah. relatable. I still think about it whenever I see Nasty Gal. I'm like, oof. Okay, so kidless moment over. Come on back. Come back. Yeah. Come back. Turn the volume back up. <laughs> um, and then we have a really fun um, report from Pure Wow, which is the company that runs this podcast, and we're really grateful to them. Um, it's very cute. It's, I sent Kate Middleton a 38th birthday card in here, which here's what she wrote back. It's by Rachel Bowie, who was a listener, but also a writer for Pure Wow. So she wrote to, um, she's written to Meghan and Harry in the past, and she decided to write to Kate Middleton in honor of her birthday. She turned 38 last month. She mailed the card in mid-December, giving a full five weeks for that card to arrive before (laughs) her birthday. So you can only imagine how elated I felt to spot her royal reply last week mixed in amongst my bills. It's pretty hard to miss any piece of mail with a return address of Kensington Palace and postage that reads Royal Mail. 
but I opened the letter so carefully out of fear that I might introduce a tear. Inside the note was simple. The Duchess of Cambridge thanks you for taking the trouble to write on the occasion of her 38th birthday. Your thoughtfulness was greatly appreciated by Her Royal Highness, who sends her warmest thanks and best wishes. And it was printed on the back of a glossy photo of Kate Middleton. I... When am I finally going to get my life together and write to these royals? I don't know, Caitlin. At this point, it almost feels like too much pressure. Like, I just keep putting it off, and now it has to be, like, a really interesting letter. But Rachel ended her essay noting that maybe she'll write to the queen on the occasion of her 93rd birthday in April. So maybe that's an idea. We need to mark our calendars. Mark the calendar. So before we join the royal pod, we have some highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. Oh, hi, Caitlin. What's your low? (laughs) My low um, is Samantha Markle. Someone let her speak again. Can you imagine? Um, I didn't read the report because I don't care to, but I skimmed just based on the headlines alone. And she said that her sister, her half-sister, Megan, um, is disrespectful, um, that she was jealous of Kate Middleton, and that's why she had to leave. You know, Samantha Markle type stuff. Hmm. So that's my low. Yuck. Milo will just be that Kate Middleton was on a different podcast. <laughs> so low. It's so correct. But Caitlin, what's your high? So my high is that the Fug Girls, um, who write one of my all-time favorite websites, Go Fug Yourself, and also have been guests on the pod multiple times, um, that they finally announced today, Tuesday when we were recording, that they have a release date uh, for their next book, The Air Affair, which is a sequel to The Royal We, which we just loved so much. Oh, so fun. If you're not familiar with the Fug Girls books about the royals, um, they're not literally about the royals per se, but you (laughs) could say that they're sort of fan fiction about what it might have really been like between Kate and William in college. They don't call them Kate and William, but it's basically two royals who meet in college and how they get together and make their romance work. Um, And so I just loved it. Best ever all-time beach read. And so they announced this time last year that they had their next book coming out and that it would be a sequel. And today we got a release date. So July 7th, 2020. And they released, they did an interview with Entertainment Weekly where they discussed it. And they said the jacket copy is thus. Making it up the aisle was the easy part. After marrying the heir to the throne, Rebecca Beck's Porter must survive her own scandals as she adjusts to life in the glamorous British royal family. Um, so apparently a scandalous secret is revealed at the beginning Ooh. of their marriage. I know. And so um, everyone's angry. And so the two of them kind of flee. She and the prince. Nicholas Flea, um, which kind of sounds familiar to the Sussexes. <laughs> so I'm so excited to see how they approach this. And it's just, they're wonderful writers, and I'm so excited to read. And as their buddy, I hope I get an early copy. Please send us galleys. Please send us we galleys. We are desperate. Um, I will address this to them. We have no shame. Over email and also over Twitter, because anything to get a galley. So that's my high. Great. Um, my high will be... Just imagining Oprah and Harry talking about mental health. Ugh. There's nothing I love more than people talking about mental health other than puppies. Well, that's why James Middleton's our all-time favorite. I royal know because he talks person. about <laughs> mental health and puppies like yeah. together. Yeah. So I am very lo- much looking forward to this show. I I know this is probably not the format, but I would love for it just to be a sit down between um, Harry and Oprah, and they talk about. I would love that. Oh, other high is uh, Princess Charlotte with the bluebell. Oh, yeah. So cute. cute. Very cute. So great. You guys can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the royals. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Here's a real review. Caitlin. 
I got it. Um, the It's from Longhorn Chick 90, so maybe a graduate of UT Austin. Hmm. Consider me obsessed with this pod. Love the hosts, their love of all things royal, and this pod in general. What a way to start my Thursday every week. Keep up the fabulous work, my dears. My dears. Thank you. So charming. Very nice. Thank you um, for doing that. You guys can follow the show on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. You can follow me, Lisa, at Lisa Raya with no N on various things. Caitlin, what about you? You can follow me at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. Until next week, God save the pod. God save the pod. More pims? <laughs> this is delicious. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.